of ASH, which is Action on Smoking and Health, which is a leading nonprofit organization in Canada tackling the predatory marketing strategies of big tobacco. And he was named for this work as Citizen of the Year in Edmonton, Alberta. Dr. Hodkinson, thank you for being on Equal Footing. Pleased to be, pleased to be here and in, in, the, in the company of uh, a wonderful pathologist, uh, Dr. Cole from Idaho. Yeah, I'm excited. I know you guys know of each other from the pre-games, and I know you have great respect for each other, and I think this might be the first time that you're uh, on the air together. Uh, so I'm excited to – we're excited to have played a, a small role in, in that. And I loved in some of the pre-game, Dr. Hodkinson, that um, our producer said that – I can't remember where this came from, and I apologize which guest it came from, but that there's kind of a – uh, a self-reference dirty dozen, like a, a small group of doctors that are willing to be out there and get a little dirty, get a little uh, scuffed up in, in dialogue on this stuff. And like I said at the in the intro, uh, this is this topic of, of COVID-19 and our response and public policy is one where the moment you say anything that is kind of out of the accepted public policy, accepted wisdom, you get uh, you get vilified. You're told that you're peddling misinformation that you're a conspiracy theorist or whatever, and it's just not fair. I think uh, we deserve to have a more rounded dialogue. So, Dr. Ryan Cole, I also want to uh, introduce and thank you for being on the program. Uh, Dr. Cole received his medical degree from the Medical College of Virginia at Virginia Commonwealth University. He was president of the Student Family Practice Association. He's been a research associate in an immunology lab. And Dr. Cole has spent five years in training at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, one of the most uh, uh, respected medical institutions in the world. He completed his residency in anatomic and clinical pathology. He also completed a fellowship in surgical pathology, serving as a chief fellow in his final year. And following this, Dr. Cole was accepted to a fellowship in derma. Uh, I'm a mushmouth tonight. See, this is this is uh, 4 a.m. my time here in Dubai, so please forgive me. Dermatopathology, I hope I got that right. And he studied under a world expert in that field, Dr. Bernard Ackerman. Uh, in 2004, Ryan Cole founded, Dr. Cole, I should say, founded Cole Diagnostics, which is an independent full-service medical lab in Boise, Idaho. And he's the chief medical officer and laboratory director of Cole Diagnostics. He's a board-certified anatomic and clinical pathologist with a subspecialty training and 20 years of experience in dermatopathology and particular interest in molecular diagnostics. Uh, Dr. Cole is licensed across the United States in, in uh, many states coast to coast. He serves patients and, and clinicians across the country. He testifies uh, in, in, in court. I think, you, I think, Dr. Cole, you're testifying today or yesterday, if I'm not mistaken, um, in, uh, in a case related to, to COVID-19. Um, and your company, uh, Cold Diagnostics, processes and, and reports out approximately 40,000 blood and biopsy patient samples annually. So, Dr. Cole, thank you so much for being on equal footing and for being uh, courageous here on the topic tonight. Uh, thank you, Dove. It's an honor to be here. I apologize a little bit for my voice. I uh, yeah, I've been traveling too much and testifying here and there. Just uh, testified in Tennessee legislature yesterday, and I, I must uh, reciprocate. It's quite an honor to be on here with Dr. Hodkinson. He and I have watched each other's talks from afar and been on a Zoom or two together, but haven't been on a panel together. So he's an esteemed colleague that I respect deeply, and I'm grateful just to have this opportunity to share some thoughts with him and you, and uh, looking forward to the conversation here. 
I appreciate both of you. And between you with your laryngitis, which I think sounds sexy on the radio, I think it's great, um, and you shout, shouting into a cell phone in Dubai and the slight time lag we have, I ask, I ask listeners to please be patient. Okay, let's get, let's get into it um, before we go to our, our first break. Pandemic postmortem, Dr. Hodkinson. Let's let's start with you. First of all, is it fair to do a postmortem? Is is the pandemic over? Dr. Rachel Walensky, the director of the uh, CDC, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, said a couple days ago that this is going to this is really a seasonal virus, is how we should think about it. So, is it fair to be on the radio right now doing a postmortem on the COVID nineteen pandemic? Well, it was over quite some time ago. Um, we've been dealing with mealy-mouthed politicians and technocrats who refuse to acknowledge the obvious. It was totally mismanaged from the get-go. But I think it's fair to say that right now the, the, the fear-demic is over. Uh, COVID will probably become an endemic virus that we'll have to handle potentially in future years. But the, really, we should get back to that time that I now call B.C., before COVID, when you could hug your grandchildren, when you could go to restaurants, travel without a mask, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's, happened, that's all going to happen very quickly. The, the final hand-wringing is about to happen, and uh, we can look forward, I think, to a, a very pleasant summer. Dr. Cole, let, let's, let's go through a couple of the numbers. On March 9th, which is the most recent data that we could gather, our crack research team, about 7,000 people globally died of COVID. Now, to be fair, that still puts COVID as the, hold on, the number six killer in the world. Now, I should say, uh, you know, this excludes, uh, excludes acts of war, but I don't think that anything close to that average died uh, over the last couple of days in, in Ukraine or, or elsewhere. We just put this in, into context. Yesterday on the earth, about 26,000 people died of heart disease. About 25,000 people died of starvation or hunger-related death. About 16,000 people died of stroke. About 8,500 people died of chronic bronchitis or emphysema. About 8,000 people died of flu, pneumonia, or acute bronchitis. And about 7,000 people died of COVID. Now, after that, you've got liver disease, Alzheimer's, diabetes, lung and tracheal cancers, road accidents, diarrheal diseases, tuberculosis, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. By the way, if anybody's challenging my facts, this is directly from the World Health Organization. So still the number six killer, and a couple, and a few years ago it was the number zero. I mean, it was, wasn't on the list. So is it fair, is Dr. Hopkinson's, you know, statement fair that the pandemic is over, Dr. Cole? I agree with him in the sense that it was over a long time ago. And the reason it was over a long time ago is there are those of us in medicine that knew this this is a treatable disease. So when you, you know, quote a number like 7,000 deaths, the tragedy in that is we as a world are still beholden to governmental agencies dictating what medicines patients can and cannot get. And that death would be about 80% lower if early treatment medications were instituted and if hospitalists uh, had the will to use proper doses of steroids and anticoagulants. Now, some of those individuals are multiply comorbid and are going to pass no matter what from any cold, any virus, any illness. So, you know, you can attribute some of those deaths just to it was going to happen no matter what. But a high percentage of those, it's a pandemic of lack of early treatment as much as it is, um, you know, 
from a virus itself, as well as lack of public health messaging that would have been wonderful in preventing these things. And we've had a lack of public health services around the world saying, hey, look, cut the sugar, lose some weight, move your body, get outside, take vitamin D, just things that data has shown would have uh, improved outcomes as well. But, yeah, the pandemic, if we had the will to actually do the right thing, would have been over a long time ago. One of the things, Dr. Hopkinson, that was jarring for me in doing the, the research for this show was how much I even think, and I consider myself an independent thinker, tries to look at the facts, but I am subject to what some psychologists uh, call, well, cognitive bias would be a more sophisticated way to say it, but I like the term truthiness. And truthiness is a well-understood uh, psychological behavioral trait where if we kind of already decide what we generally think, then this, we, we stop really hearing a lot of the details and anything that is vaguely in the zone of what we think, we associate with our, with our, with our, 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 our preloaded concepts. And where am I going with this? In the, you, Dr. Cole just mentioned some, kind of alluded to the, the, the actuarial element. And in the pregame research, I found that the average age of COVID death, Dr. Hopkinson, globally through the pandemic, average, doesn't mean young people haven't died, but the average age was 81. Average. The average lifespan in the United States, mixing average of both genders, is 79. So the actuarial average of COVID deaths is actually older than the average lifespan. And the and well, we'll we'll get more to actuarial stuff in a minute. But just given that, is did we kind of? I hate to say this because, of course, I know people that, that, that passed from COVID, but I also know people that passed from other things over the last several years. Is that fact alone mean that we kind of, from a public policy perspective, made too much of this, Dr. Hodgkinson? Yes, uh, totally. I mean, it's a disease that basically the elderly with comorbidities is also uh, co-alluded to. I think it's also very important to recognize that um, there are very few hard-cold facts here to go on. All kinds of assumptions are being made about the statistics. But I think the general uh, consensus is that um, deaths so-called due to COVID were significantly exaggerated, largely for financial gain by American hospitals. And, and at the same time, um, a gross underestimation of the deaths due to the vaccine. And exactly how those two numbers shape up is uh, anyone's guess, but we are seeing alarming numbers coming out of the insurance companies, the disability insurance, life insurance companies, uh, indicating a massive kill is going on, the big kill, I call it, um, which at the current time is, is unexplained. In terms of truthiness, um, I think it's very important for your listeners to appreciate that the entire system is corrupt. I'm using that word advisedly. CDC, FDA, New England Journal of Medicine, Lancet, etc., etc. Totally corrupt, totally unreliable, bought and paid for by Big Pharma. So we can't rely upon any numbers that are coming out of these formal organizations. The, the likes of Alex Berenson, of course, will be writing the, you might say, the autopsy of this sad episode in human history. 
And I think when people start to realize the, the way they've been lied to, the way they've got their lives on the line, the businesses sacrificed, their children vaccinated, etc., etc., there'll be a revulsion in society, the scale of which we can't currently imagine. It will be the start, in my opinion, of a very new era in politics, where the old left-right along Trump lines are, are eliminated, and um, we, we start focusing on traditional values, culture, religion, etc. I, I say that That's COVID was a very... Let me, let me ask you, sorry, sorry to interrupt the interruption. Let me ask you on the, on the vaccine numbers. I know it's hard to get these stats, but, but the WHO estimates that, that COVID deaths to date have been just over 6 million, 6.02 million as of two days ago. Do you have any, any sense of what the... In your view, if you have any source with respect to the number of deaths related to the vaccine? No, it, it's all, all the statistics, those included, are notoriously unreliable. There's nothing that you can really say is verified in terms of accuracy. It's certainly of interest that the average age of death in the COVID era is, 90, is 81 as opposed to 79. Uh, but I can assure all your listeners that COVID does not cure cancer and does not cure heart disease. In fact, it's quite the opposite, um, as I'm sure that Dr. Cole will be elaborating on, because he was the first to blow the whistle. Uh, it would seem as though COVID is doing just the opposite, certainly with cancer. Well, dear listener, we're going to take the first break, but I, if, if you're rolling your eyes right now and you're saying, like, oh, uh, you know, we're, again, we're being told that it's uh, fear-mongering, but this is, this is obviously an awful and real thing. It is an awful and real thing. I mean, neither, neither pathologist here, Dr. Hodgkinson or Dr. Cole, it would, would deny that any disease, um, and especially one that's newly introduced where you don't have immunological defenses already built into our human community, is awful. The question is, was our response proportionate? And are we dealing with the facts that we should be? Now, if you're also thinking that, oh, my God, what happened to Dove? All of a sudden he's a conspiracy theorist. Try looking back at the discussions around, uh, as Dr. Hopkinson is well embedded in this area, in, in the, the 60s and 70s uh, around uh, big tobacco and how long it took to break the back of that, of that lobby and, 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 and increase taxes and have warnings and so forth. Take a look even more recently in the 90s and the aughts at the big pharma companies that were pushing uh, opioid drugs that in, in large respect created or massively accelerated the current opioid crisis in the United States and also how long it took, 15, 20 years to do that postmortem. All we're trying to do here is accelerate the process. I agree with Dr. Dr. Hodgkinson, although we may not agree politically, I do agree that there's going to be a reckoning and we're going to look back and and look at the sacrifices that, that were made, were they the right ones? We'll be right back on equal footing. We're talking, we're doing the postmortem. Premature? I don't know. Postmortem on the COVID-19 crisis. WTF just happened over the last several years. We'll be right back. Panic on the streets of London. Panic on the streets of Birmingham. I wonder to myself. Equal Footing is brought to you in part by DocuVax. Now, this is an appropriate sponsor for tonight's program. Are you a small or medium-sized business owner who wants to provide a low-cost, effective health benefit for your employees? 
Maybe you're a school administrator and you want to ensure all of your students have the proper vaccine. Maybe you're a parent trying to keep your family's medical records up to date. Welcome to DocuVax, that's D-O-C-U-V-A-X. It's an easy-to-use digital locker accessible on your laptop or smartphone, and it allows you to safely store and validate your basic medical information, your immunization records, your lab results, even x-rays and MRIs. You know, I'm a dog owner. I'm a pet owner. Why is it that I get all the reminders when when my pet needs a, a, a vaccine boost and I don't get the reminders from myself or my daughter. It just doesn't make sense. You, you need to take control of your medical file. If you go to DocuVax.com or you go to the DocuVax app that you can find on your Android device or your Apple phone, you can download all of your medical records into a HIPAA-compliant store, digital storage facility, and doctors and nurses are then on call for you 24 hours a day, 365 days a year to validate a vaccine record, interpret a blood test, or help you understand anything else in your medical locker. And it's only $6.99 per month for the the basic plan on DocuVax. You get all of your information in one place. You save money because you get easier to get references to uh, other specialist physicians are having to go and spend half your day and spend a couple hundred dollars just to get a, a script to go get a blood test. Your medical information does not belong to your insurance company. It doesn't even belong to your doctor to make use of it, but it certainly doesn't belong to the government. Take control of your medical file. Sign up at DocuVax.com or uh, download the DocuVax app on your smartphone. Or you can also call, especially if you want a group discount. And if you mention that you heard about DocuVax on equal footing, you get – very attractive group discounts for organizations for 500 individuals or less. Call 833-859-1933 for group discounts and to become a DocuVax sponsor. That's 833-859-1933. Operators are standing by. I've been All right, before we – you're back in equal footing, first of all. I'm calling you from Dubai. Dr. Hod, Dr. Roger Hodkinson is on the line from Edmonton, Alberta. Dr. Ryan Cole is on the line. Dr. Cole, where are you right now? I'm back home again in Boise, Idaho. In Boise, Idaho. We are, we are a distributed bunch here, and we have the team obviously in the studio in New York, so hopefully the audio quality is okay. Dr. Cole, before we went to the break, I was obviously referring to Purdue – and OxyContin and so forth in that, uh, in that last comment that I made. Do you think it's fair um, to, with my statement over the top, or is it fair to say that we're going to have the type of reckoning somehow that happened with Purdue uh, five, ten years from now as it relates to the COVID response or COVID treatment or the vaccine? Uh, we're, we're just paying the piper now. We're seeing the tip of the iceberg of what's going to happen long term. Uh, in terms of long-haul disease from those who got the virus from vaccine injury, as Dr. Hodkinson astutely pointed out, we're, we're going to see autoimmune diseases flaring. We're already seeing latent viruses, herpes family, vi- family viruses, mono, um, other viruses flaring. Uh, we're going to see an uptick in uh, tumors, cancers. We're already seeing that. And 
Yeah, it's going to take a while to go back and recreate the scene of the crime. But, you know, those of us, I mean, the, the thing about being a pathologist, Dr. Hodkins and I, when something new or different happens, we pathologists are the first one to take note and observe that change. We're both pattern experts. We see big patterns in life, but we also see microscopic patterns on a daily basis. So we synthesize a lot of information, and when we see a shift in pattern, then we start reporting it. And so in terms of what we're seeing in terms of adverse outcomes with the shots, and to his point, he's absolutely right. The data gathering has been an absolute disaster. New York Times reported on President's Day the CDC was barely reporting any of the data to the American people because it wasn't ready for prime time. So just like tobacco hid things, we know our own government here in the U.S. has been hiding things from the, the American citizens, and we've had governmental agencies, to his point as well, uh, forcing people to lose their jobs over something that... Dr. Cole, sorry, before we go into the, the other public policy stuff, I just want to go back to these numbers for a sec. These sure. other uh, morbidities uh, and, and upticks of other viruses and cancer and other sicknesses... Uh, is there any is there any source documentation that that, that a listener could could look at that that ties that to uh, to the COVID vaccine or is this something that you based on pattern recognition that that you're speculating about? Well, a little bit of both. So take for example the um, College of American Pathology, the Archives Journal that they publish. Uh, Dr. Gill published you know two deaths of myocarditis, showing that the spike from the vaccine was present in the heart of these two young uh, individuals that passed. So we in the laboratory have ways to show it. Now, it's fascinating that Fauci said to the government agencies, don't do autopsies. You can't find that for which you do not look. So when we're being told by government agencies, you go back and look at how few autopsies were done around the world post-COVID and post-vaccine. They're trying to cover something up, just like tobacco and then if you want real data, what's fascinating, I don't know if you've heard of the Department of Defense um, Medical Epidemiology Database. They report into that system weekly, and they saw a rapid uptick of cancers, neurologic disease, hypertension, autoimmune disease, miscarriages, infertility. And this uh, came out in yeah. uh, Senator Johnson's hearing. Well, to, and then to, they, to, be, to be fair, Dr. Cole, is even as a, as a, as a passive, or actually, that's not the right word, as a, as a non-expert uh, kind of pedestrian researcher and observer, even the WHO stats I looked at in preparation for the show over the last several years shows upticks across a lot of the categories you mentioned. Um, and so it's got to be related to something. Is it a mental health issue? Is it a, a power? I, I do want to posit one other theory in a minute, but let, let's get these uh, numbers out there. Call in and participate on this post-mortem. So, yeah, I know. It's a little bit ballsy to be doing the post-mortem of the pandemic, but we are doing it because it's got to happen. It's got to start to happen. And I'm joined here by Dr. Roger Hodkinson, Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, renowned pathologists who have an independent view on, on this. And call in and give us your comments, your questions. Call in to 718-303-9090. That's 718-303-9090. If you're shy about being on the air, because we are live, you can also text a comment or a question to 917-428-4062, 917-428-4062. We'll give out the numbers one more time a little bit later to show. Okay, sorry, guys, for that, that break. Dr. Hodkinson, I want to I 
put it over to you based on this last uh, this, this this discussion of comorbidities and potential effects. I want to posit another theory to you. Is it possible that the uptick in uh, in both absolute and, and, and relative to population fatality rates across other um, causes of death, natural causes of death, disease-based causes of death, during this, this period of the pandemic may not be because of treatment or uh, vaccines related to COVID, but may simply be related to greater hunger and security and poverty. Um, one other stat that blew me away in, in research on, on, on this topic is the massive uptick in hunger-related deaths, starvation-related deaths over the, during the pandemic. is the first time that they've gone up since the end of World War II and gone up from just shy of 10 million, according to the World Hunger Organization, um, up to up, upwards of 40 million uh, in 2021. Actually, it was a little, uh, little bit lower in 2020, but clearly directly related to economic contraction, supply chain disruptions, and of course, this does not get felt where any of the three of us are right now in North America or even in a developed place like Dubai, but it gets felt in in, in poverty-stricken areas of Africa, South America, South Asia, and Southeast Asia. That dwarfs the number that have died of COVID. Six million people have died of COVID approximately, according to the World Health Organization. And according to the World Hunger Organization, you have an increase during the pandemic of about 40 million, excuse me, that's an exaggeration, of 30 to 35 million in hunger-related deaths. Could that be what's going on, Dr. Hodkinson? Certainly in the developing world. Um, in India, for example, it's estimated that hundreds of thousands of day laborers lost their jobs. They were hand-to-mouth existence and had to go back to their villages where there was just no food. Those numbers are quite plausible in the developing world. In, uh, in the, north, in the western, western world, so to speak, um, the, the uptick that the life insurance companies are reporting, which they're obligated to do, a massive increase. That's why I call it the big kill a massive increase in deaths between 20 and 60 for people who have not died of COVID on the death certificate. These are all due to the interventions, whether it's suicides, including children, delayed treatment and investigation for existing diseases, and then finally, and probably the most important contribution, at least in the West, the vaccine-related injuries, which are being grossly, grossly underreported. The reporting system is quite voluntary, and it's, it's full of holes. Uh, all kinds of people have reported on multiples that are likely in the 10 to 100 times what theirs, the reporting system, is reporting. So, Dr. Cole, before we go to our uh, next break, in sum, what should we have done differently? We'll, we'll tackle other forms of public policy uh, afterward, after the break. But from a medical perspective, as we do this postmortem, how should we have handled, generally speaking, our response to COVID-19 differently? Uh, a very good question. We should have allowed doctors to be doctors. We should have allowed any and all early treatments, and we wouldn't be seeing numbers like this. We took measures, Dr. Paul Alexander documents in 400 different articles very well, that no measure we undertook, be it lockdowns, be it masks, be it shots. 
no measure changed any of the outcomes anywhere in the world. We took all the wrong approaches. We could have nipped this in the bud early, uh, like the miracle of Uttar Pradesh in India, going back to the developing world, where they crushed their delta curve in three weeks, passing out blister packs of meds for pennies. And they literally crushed their curve. So if there were no money, no big pharma, no corruption involved in this, there had simply been the will to say, okay, we're in a worldwide situation. What are we going to do as humanity and not punish people for doing something that doesn't make somebody else money? We would have saved millions upon millions of lives. So we should have allowed for uh, broader use of experimental remedial treatment. Obviously, vaccines came later, but is that, is that the kind of well, well, it, of what you're saying? Yeah, it, that's a great point. I mean, you never stop a pandemic with a vaccine. That was a horrible idea as well. But, I mean, these experimental treatments, these drugs that, you know, I, I speak of, we've known that have been antiviral medicines for years, and they're some of the safest medicines on the planet Earth and on the WHO's list of most essential medicines. So we shoved aside uh, meds that cost pennies for meds that cost thousands of dollars, which were harmful, and we told patients there was nothing that medicine can do, which was an abject lie. All right. Well, we're going we're gonna to take our next break. We're talking. We're doing a COVID nineteen pandemic post mortem with Dr. Roger Hodkinson and Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, courageous pathologists, giving us a different perspective. And I have to say, I came into the show very skeptical of a lot of the things that we're talking about, and in doing the research and trying to put aside my cognitive bias, uh, my truthiness, I, uh, I i don't know if I'm convinced, but I certainly think that there's a lot that has not been told. We'll be right back. Footing with Dove Tuzman is sponsored by MDCS Dermatology, your experts in skincare. With two Manhattan locations and four offices in Long Island, including Plainview and Comac, the dermatologists and skincare surgeons at MDCS are proud to be affiliated with the Albert Einstein College of Medicine and New York Presbyterian Hospital. So schedule your next skin exam in one of MDCS's convenient New York area locations. To make an appointment, go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-DERM. That's 212-661-3376. You can even schedule a virtual video visit with MDCS's board-certified dermatologists from the comfort and safety of your own home. So go to www.mdcs.live or call 212-661-3376. And don't forget to mention Equal Footing for 15% off all cosmetic procedures. You're back on Equal Footing, and I'm Dove Tuzman. I'm here joined by Dr. Ryan Cole and Dr. Roger Hopkinson. We're doing a postmortem on COVID-19. We talked right before the break about non – Dr. Cole gave us a perspective in terms of things we could have done better from a medical perspective. Dr. Hopkinson, what could we have done better from a public policy perspective around – social behavior, not necessarily medical treatment. 
Well, it was defined eloquently by the Great Barrington Declaration very early on in the game, um, that essentially nothing should have changed from normal. Life should have gone on entirely as it usually did in the flu, flu epidemics, for example, except for, most importantly, enhanced protection of the elderly, which is still not happening. Um, in particular, um, vitamin D, a very effective uh, prophylactic and, and useful in early treatment. Um, every, every old person in a nursing home is by definition, by definition, seriously vitamin D deficient because they never go outside to get the sun. And they're still, to this day, not getting vitamin D on a regular basis. The big problem with, with the treatment side of it was basically um, because of the infatuation with the vaccine and then everything to do with the vaccine, um, you went to hospital with symptoms that could be COVID. They gave you uh, usual investigation, including an oxygen level. If that wasn't low enough, um, then they said, go home. Subtext, come back when you're blue, when you're much more difficult to treat. Instead of sending people home with a nice package, as Dr. Cole mentioned, who has been so successful in India, a nice package of medications, including ivermectin and uh, vitamin D, for example, um, that would have stopped this pandemic in its tracks. It would have probably been over in three to six months with rapidly developing herd immunity without the devastation of the entire global economy because of these ridiculous mandates for which there was no, no evidence in, in, of consensus yeah. in the medical literature. You know, I've gotten a couple of texts here uh, about kind of that I may be being going too easy uh, on you both. And, and I think for those listeners that, that, are, that are saying that, uh, be advised that I am – very pro-vaccine, vaccine development. I don't think that every pharmaceutical company is out to just milk our pockets. I think there's a lot of good people uh, that, that are working in big pharma. And I think that people are usually well-intentioned across the medical field, in my experience, more so than almost any other field. Um, that being said, you know, it is important to get out of our, frankly, North American or Western European or developed country bubble. Because the vast majority of the deaths, about 6 million people have died of, of, uh, of COVID-19. Those are the WHO numbers. Um, there's, there's approximately 4.6, sorry, I'm just looking at the WHO data, right, as I'm saying this, when the Americas and Western Europe, okay? So COVID-19 was something that was felt in terms of deaths most in Western Europe and in the Americas. The average age of death in Western Europe is in, in the Americas and, and developed and, and Western Europe for COVID. That, sorry, this includes Japan, my bad. So most of the developed world um, here was actually 84. Okay. So to Dr. Hopkinson's point, that's where the deaths were felt. So, and those, and, and frankly, in, in the developed world, that's where we're making the public policy, public policy decision. That economic contraction that Dr. Hopkinson is talking about then causes depending on, you know, whether you believe the WHO or other all very reputable organizations, causes 25, 30, 35 million hunger-related deaths. The average age of hunger-related deaths is 22. Average age. The average age of a COVID-related death is 81 globally. So this is worth talking about, guys. It's painful to hear, but it's worth talking about. Now, that being said, I'm not going to go as easy. So 
Here we Dr. Cole, I know you talked about these other remedies that, that kind of, you know, weren't tried uh, or weren't tried enough or, yeah. What's the, that, to me, that feels like a conspiracy theory. I mean, if, if it worked at Uttar Pradesh, why was why wasn't it happening in 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 Idaho? I, I don't I don't get it. Where's the master you know ghost hand that that uh, that that was navigating the machine? Uh, it's called fear. That fear was navigating the machine, and nobody wanted to lose their job. If a physician stepped out of the line and used any of these medicines, then they got fired from their institutions. And just like me, I saved about four hundred lives with these medicines. Not a single patient I treated went to the hospital. Not a single patient died. Had several colleagues that can claim the same. And I lost 30% of my business from cancellation of an insurance contact, contract for unprofessional behavior because I wasn't using narrative drugs. But it's fascinating to your other data point where you look at the drug that was being used in the Western world, remdesivir, and wasn't being used in the developing world. So the U.S. accounts for... 20% of the COVID deaths, but 4% of the world's population were using a toxic drug that kills the kidneys and puts people into organ failure. So, you know, we were doing things that were dangerous when we knew things were safe. And if you had a safe, effective treatment, the vaccines never would have been approved in the first place or authorized. So, you know, that's fascinating as well. And even simpler than that, that's when we take away point. from me every, every single medicine, take them all away, and just address the international vitamin D deficiency pandemic to Dr. Hutchinson's point. If you have vitamin D in normal levels above 50 nanograms per milliliter in the blood, then you have a fine conductor of a symphony bringing in the sections of your immune system at the right times and tuning them out. But if your vitamin D is deficient, then your immune system is like the mosh pit at a punk rock concert, just pinging about doing the wrong things. So... You know, that was one of the simplest things, and the data is is abundant now. In oh, you're making me want to go outside. Every, everyone listening to this, get some more vitamin D, go outside. Get out of- <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Well, and that's the important thing. You know, people have heard me say, look, there's no such thing as flu and cold season, only low vitamin D season. That's because in the fall and winter, you can run outside naked for four or five months. I don't recommend it. But you'll still synthesize zero vitamin D in those fall and winter months. And it inverts in the southern mm-hmm. hemisphere, obviously, because their seasons are flipped. But those are the seasons when flus and colds tend to spread. Mm-hmm. And that's because we... And, to be, and to be fair, it should be fair, it, the vast majority of the COVID deaths over the last uh, couple of years, since the beginning of the pandemic, have occurred in the, in the developed world. And, 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 and a lot of places in the, in the, in the colder, in the colder climates. I want to go, go through a little bit of, um, I'm going to play devil's advocate for a moment here, Dr. Hodkinson and Dr. Cole, because I think there's a lot of valid points that, that you, that you make and your, your previous appearances and work and what we've talked about in this show, but it often gets bundled with other COVID myths that I do think are wrong or conspiracy theories, but I want to test whether you agree or not. So let's just do a really quick kind of COVID, COVID myths question mark round and just kind of, if you can, as close to yes or no as you can so we can get to the next break. Uh, Dr. Hodgkinson, it's, there's, there's, there's stuff out there uh, on the Internet and, in, and in, even in some pseudo-mainstream uh, media outlets says the COVID-19 vaccine affects women's fertility. Is there evidence of that? 
Certainly it's, it's possible. We know from the Japanese, the submission of Pfizer to the Japanese authorities that the, the agents that they were using in that trial selectively attacked the ovaries of rats. That study was never replicated in humans, and therefore it's a big unknown. It certainly could be. Okay. Dr. Cole, another uh, hacking statement in this, in, in the, in the, uh, let's say the community that believes there was a disproportionate response, let's put it politely, to the COVID-19 pandemic, is that researchers rushed the development of the COVID-19 vaccine generally, so its effectiveness and safety cannot be trusted. Is that accurate? 100%. The development of the COVID-19? 100% true. 100% true. A safe, effective vaccine usually takes 10 years to get to market. These were rushed. Warp speed was a name for a reason. And if you look at the Pfizer post-marketing data, the placebo group actually did better than the vaccine group. And now, the, it, it, you know, when you look at the FDA and Pfizer trying to hide the data on Pfizer for 75 years from the American people, something is awry. That screams fraud. And so we know the post-marketing data that the vaccines were more dangerous, and, and especially in all-cause mortality. Were they rushed? Yes. Are they proven? Okay. No. Are, are they yeah, authorized? Dr. Hutt. Yes. Fair enough. Continue on this lightning round just to get to our, our last ad break. Uh, another uh, hacking statement is that the COVID-19 vaccine enters your cells and changes your DNA. Is that true or not? It's certainly uh, there's some work being done to show that that is theoretically possible and has actually happened in liver cells. Uh, the studies have not been replicated for other cells, to my knowledge, at this point. Um, the danger of that is it could be transgenerational, transmitted to your offspring with effects that are totally unknown. We do not know where that integration we don't know where that integration would take place in the DNA. It could be right next to genes that cause cancer. And, you know, if there are listeners saying, like, jumping up and down, saying, oh, this is conspiracy stuff, check out the various uh, herpes-related vaccines that were approved by the FDA, uh, I think in, starting in the 50s, if I'm not mistaken, or, in, or certainly in the 60s, and then were almost entirely pulled by the end of the 70s and early 80s. Uh, for similar reasons. Okay, just just three more of this lightning round here. Dr. Cole, um, another statement here, in, in well-versed uh, uh, in this community. Herd immunity will end the coronavirus pandemic, so vaccinations were not and are not necessary. Is that true or not, in your view? It depends on how you define the term. Uh, once a set number of people get a virus, then the spread slows. So we actually inhibited, inhibited the opportunity for herd immunity. Instead, we treated everybody the same, like Dr. Hodkinson said. We locked down everybody. We treated the children as though they were at the same risk as those 81 and 84-year-olds when they weren't. We could have gotten to herd immunity at a much faster rate and could have uh, ended this much, much sooner by allowing those healthy, well people that would have weathered the virus well to provide us and not depend upon a vaccine that actually selected for and pushed selection pressure for variants and prolonged the pandemic. Dr. Hodkinson, the second to last one. Invermectin cures or prevents COVID-19? True or false in your view? I think the evidence shows that it's, um, it uh, has some effectiveness at uh, preventing 
COVID-19, certainly the, the earlier versions. Uh, of course, there's no need to be protected from Omicron because it's, it's a natural vaccine, actually. Um, and in terms of treatment, um, it's maximally effective if given early on. Uh, by the time you come back to hospital blue, um, it's a different ballgame entirely when different agents need to be used together with ivermectin. Got it. And the last, the last one I, I want to summarize is an angry listener uh, here uh, who says, uh, let's say I'm going to summarize, but that I, you are very wrong on this, Dove, uh, and various message saying that Big Pharma is indeed responsible uh, because they hid proper available treatments only to sell vaccines worth billions. A number of the related uh, comments there, and this is coming from a medical professional um, who is uh, also has other medical doctors in the family. So, Dr. Cole, last one here to you. Again, this listener writes uh, that I'm wrong, even though I, I actually <laughs> I actually tend to agree, but anyway, that I'm wrong, and Big Pharma is responsible for the COVID deaths because they hid proper available treatments only to sell vaccines worth billions. Is that, is that true in your view, Dr. Cole? I, I think they're partially responsible, but I would pin it on government agencies and intertwining government corporate interests uh, together. So, again, in a postmortem, you will go back and look at the cause, and someday there will be hopefully accountability. So I, I agree with that listener in the sense that they're responsible for a lot of deaths, not only by withholding meds, but also by using meds and vaccines that killed a lot of people as well. Got it. Guys, thank you so much for, for that. We're going to be right back after our last break. We're talking to Dr. Ryan Cole and Dr. Roger Hodkinson. We're having a postmortem, maybe, on the COVID-19 pandemic, maybe premature. I think we've got a caller on the line that's going to tell us uh, it's premature. I also want to tell you, doctors, that we've gotten a, a lot of, surprisingly for me, a lot of supportive texts that there aren't enough opportunities to hear this these alternative views. And, uh, and so I, I appreciate that uh, as well. I appreciate you both putting yourself out there to do that. We'll be right back on Equal Footing. Rosa's 100% pure avocado oil is a truly superior oil, freshly pressed from the avocado fruit and not the seed. Della Rosa's avocado oil is naturally low in acidity and high in monosaturated fats and vitamin E. Della Rosa's avocado oil is light in taste, which makes it the perfect oil for use on salads and marinades and salad dressings. And because it has a high smoke point of 520 degrees Fahrenheit, it is the perfect oil for cooking and being healthy. Because it has a high smoke point, it is the perfect oil for high heat cooking, stir frying, deep frying, baking, sauteing, and roasting, and also one of the best oils for the keto paleo diet. De La Rosa's avocado oil can be found in your local grocery stores on Amazon, Vitacross, and on eBay, or online at DeLaRosa613.com. Get it now. Perfect for your everyday use and kosher for Passover as well. I've been caught, but I'm keeping on, keeping on I've been told. All right, Dr. Hodkinson, before the break, we were doing that lightning round of kind of COVID myths, question mark, and question mark. And one came in, uh, a listener question came in. I just can't resist any two because I also, I wanted to mention it. Thank you, listener. I wanted to mention this earlier 
uh, in the program. Um, this is coming from Roger in Crown Heights. And the question for you, Dr. Hodgkinson, is, uh, is the COVID-19 pandemic the worst pandemic of our generation or the previous generation? Yes or no? Yes, yes, relative to those two generations. Of course, the, the 1918 flu was, was even worse, but a lot of people died from that, from bacterial secondary pneumonia, because we didn't have antibiotics at that time. Uh, yes, it has been a bad pandemic, um, probably similar, maybe a little bit worse than bad previous flu and, and pandemics. You must remember that um, flu pandemics uh, killed young people. This COVID pandemic is not. Um, so there's right. been a, a different stratification of risk um, with, with different pandemics, but it, it's not massively different. Um, it's been grossly overplayed. So, it's the biggest. It's Dr. Hodgkinson, sorry for the interruption. This just because we're, we're, we're coming close to time. I do want to take this other caller. Roger from Crown Heights actually kind of trapped us. Both, both, uh, both you and me on this one, um, anticipating, I suspect, that response uh, and said, no, the answer is the AIDS pandemic. Over 30 million people have died of AIDS. Only 6 million have died of COVID-19. What do you say to that? Wasn't the AIDS pandemic worse? Uh, yeah, you, you may be right on those numbers. Uh, you may be right, but I think it's, it's not really very relevant to, to compare AIDS with, uh, with an upper respiratory tract pandemic. I mean, I was, I was assuming that was the nature of the question. I mean, I can't speak to how many people are dying every year of tuberculosis, for example, et cetera, et cetera, not to mention the, the people dying of lung cancer due to smoking, for which, by the way, tobacco is killing every single year as many people as are alleged to have died of COVID in one year, and it will go away. And yet the authorities right. are doing nothing, but nothing about that. It's a public health scandal. And I suspect, actually, this listener was agreeing with the main gist here, which is that um, it's it's been overplayed, at least on a relative basis, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're, you know, the, the populations that are affected. We talked about developing yeah, let, the let me, world, let me, and, of course, the AIDS, the AIDS pandemic, of course, affected mostly um, it, mostly in Africa, frankly, and, then, and, and secondarily um, the gay community in, in the developed world. Um, let, yeah, let's the, just the, take the, the caller, sorry. The cure has been worse than the disease. In the case of, of, of the COVID-19 response? Yes. Yeah, I, 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 which I think it's important for listeners to understand. I don't, you're not saying that the disease is not horrible. horrible. It's just that the, that the response made things worse. Let's take this caller uh, who, who may uh, try to set us right. Do we have the, the caller here on line one? Good evening. You're on the air. Good evening, Dan. I was hoping you. I was hoping you were going to call. I, no, I'm. I, 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 after this conversation, you're not going to want me on anymore, because I don't know where you found these snake oil salesmen who think they know, you know, something and make comments that are out of this world, just completely obtuse. I mean, where have which they comment? been for the last year and a half? Yeah, and which, for you to say, for you, estimate it, for you to say that this pandemic is over. And the yes, it was that you know it made more uh, a lot out of it. Who, where, where has this guy been? What's he talking about? Did he live in 1900? No. Does he know about let's, medicine? Let's, Give me a break, the man. I mean, I, just a minute. You 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 know you have put this I'm show the one, on. 
But I'm the one who put. I'm the one who. I'm the one you should be yelling at because. No, I'm no, that comment yeah. by the Brit, the gentleman from. Well, let me ask these two gentlemen this question, which is the basic question: Did you gentlemen get the vaccines at all? Absolutely. Well, not. You, I, used I, treatment say, when I, I, I can't hear you. Both talking at the same time. The, the, the British gentleman. I would say you obviously did, and you were. Did you? I asked you. Did you get the of vaccine? Course I, of course. Let's shut up and let me finish. Hey, look, stupid! I, you I, did I, it. You I, just I, proved I, my I, point. I, you proved you my are, point. You're a phony. A You're a phony. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> listen. I, I love. I love Stan, and I mean it because you know your, your voices often. Uh, things that are on people's minds. So I don't think there's anything inconsistent between – listen, I got the vaccine. I also, by the way, volunteered, as some listeners know, in March 2020 uh, for a program with Mount Sinai, which I actually on purpose in that program got the virus because at that point they were talking about transfusions of blood that have antibodies in it. So you, you can believe that the response was wrong or dis, in, disproportionate, um, without, you know, believing that it's all fake science and the vaccine is not, is not useful. So, Dr. Hodkinson, did you get the vaccine? Of course I did not get the vaccine. And I would say, I would say this, anyone that did only did so because doctors were prohibited from telling you the truth. There was no informed consent. How, that can be, how can there be informed consent if you're not informed by physicians who used to be the most respected sector of society. The colleges of physicians and surgeons, including the College of American Pathologists, I hope they're listening, are corrupt. They are denying physicians the right that we've had for hundreds of years to advise our patients in the privacy of a consulting room about the pros and cons of a particular medicine. Government is now your new doctor. Be afraid, be very afraid. Dr. Cole, did you get the vaccine? Absolutely not. No, it's it's not. I don't even I don't even call it a vaccine. I call it an experimental gene shot because number one, it doesn't provide immunity. Number two, it doesn't prevent acquisition of disease. It doesn't prevent transmission of disease. It doesn't prevent one from dying in many cases, and. And so it doesn't even qualify as a vaccine. So I don't call it a vaccine. It is technically an experimental gene shot. I already knew that early treatment therapies work when I got Delta back in December. Um, it was a nothing burner. But I want to. I, I appreciate. I, I appreciate throughout this show, you guys courage and and, and integrity and in, in holding. You know, not being afraid to say what what uh, what's on your mind, despite that. You get vilified at times like it just did. I do want to be clear, though, for listeners. I think, maybe you guys disagree, I think you can believe that the response was the wrong one, the global economic shutdown, the effect it had in hunger and security and poverty-related death around the world, which dwarfed by all reputable uh, multi-government, uh, what do you call those, uh, uh, NGOs uh, by various NGO uh, non-governmental organization uh, work from the UN to WHO to even the our own Congressional uh, Office of Statistics. You had many more deaths that came from the response uh, globally than than caused by the disease itself. That doesn't mean you don't get the vaccine if that's what you want to do. It doesn't mean that all the science is fake, <laughs> etc. I appreciate both of you, Dr. Roger Hodkinson, Dr. Ryan Cole, for being on equal footing and talking about this difficult and important subject, and I hope to have you on again. 
Thank you, Dove. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. We'd love you.